0: Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that
1: this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's word. So we know that next weekend we will be celebrating Easter, we will be celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus um, and in this week as I was uh, preparing uh, for for today I was asking the Lord Lord what what do you want to share with Salarius Pass no. amen because I know that God has something special for each and every one of you this morning no? mm-hmm. he has a special message for Grace Life Salarius Pass specific and some mm-hmm. scriptures came to my mind can you all hear me Oh you'll be good. Some scriptures came to my mind and I believe uh, that you are going to be blessed and encouraged and built up by them this morning. Amen. If we truly meditate on them, that is the key. If we truly meditate, we truly think about that, about these scriptures that I'm going to share and these ideas, then we are definitely going to be encouraged and built up in our faith. Alright? When we realize the full extent of what Jesus did for us, Mm. in us and through us and for us, our hearts will respond in thanksgiving. We will be thankful and praise and we will have joy. When we truly realize what He did for us, His love for us will be so clearly evident to us. Mm. So clearly evident to us. We will see it so clearly. What will happen in us, is an outflow and an overflow of love towards others. All right, When we are completely captivated and certain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no? consumed by His love, our trust in Him will be unshakable. You understand that? Our trust in Him will be unshakable because we know that He loves us.
0: Amen. And I think
1: that unbelief and doubt and fear can really hinder us from from walking in the fullness of what he plans for us because God has a plan for you amen, amen. amen. God has a plan for each and every one here and if we have doubt and we have fear and we have anxiety unbelief then that is going to hinder it's going to hinder us from walking in the fullness of what of what God has for us all right so when we see his love when we truly see his love All of those things will melt away. Like if you put an ice cube in an oven. Mm -hmm. It's like... That's what love will do to your worries and to your problems and your fear. Alright, so. The scripture that we are going to look at this morning. That I really feel the Lord put on my heart for us today. Is 1 John 4. 1 John 4 verse 7. Uh, to 20. 1 John 4 verse 7 to 20. If you've got a Bible, I encourage you to go there. It's at the end of the Bible. I see these young people here in front. They know where John, one John is. There's a John in the beginning of the New Testament, and there's a one John, and a two John, and I think a three John as well. Three Three John as well, at the end of the Bible. (coughs) <coughs> Alright 1 John 4 Verse 7 I'm going to first read through the whole passage And then uh, we're going to start looking at it uh, Verse by verse Alright I'm living oh, I'm reading I am living <laughs> I'm reading from the New Living Translation Praise God I'm living Amen Praise
0: God for that
1: 1 John 4 verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Uh, Verse 9. 1 John 4 verse 9. We're all on the same page, no? No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God we know uh, sorry yeah we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect So we will not be afraid on the Day of Judgment. But we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And He has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers, just until Amen. 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 Okay, so let's go back to John, 1 John 4, verse 7, the first verse that I read. <coughs> it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now sometimes when uh, the the writers of the New Testament want to say something, uh, they want to make a point or bring across an idea, they say it in reverse, okay? They look at the result first and then they look at the reason, alright? We see this here in 1 John 4. Example, if we read... Uh, um, verse seven, he says, "Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God." Okay, so you could also change that around and say, "Because love comes from God, we can continue to love each other." You understand? Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: He gives us. He gives us first the um, first the result, and then yeah. he gives the reason behind it. If we look at um, Going on it says anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God so we can also turn that around and say if you love God Ach, no, if you're a child of God you will love okay? if you know God you're a child of God and that means you will love all right uh, verse 8 says but if anyone who does not love does not know God if anyone but if but anyone who does not love does not know God. Mm. Okay, so if you don't know God, then you, well, won't, love. you won't love God. No? Mm. Okay, so okay. if we understand this way of speaking, we will better understand the scripture we are looking at. But we come across a difficult statement. It says if you don't know God, you won't love. That's what verse eight says. But if anyone Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay, why is that a difficult statement? Why is that a difficult statement? <coughs> Many people think when they read verse 8, they immediately look to their own performance. Mm-hmm. They immediately feel, um, I don't love people, am I really saved? No? They immediately look at themselves and they think, I've, I'm one of those people. I used to think, Lord, I don't love people. I don't love people. Does this mean that I'm not saved? No? Or they think um, they need to... I read this and I think, okay, I must start loving people more. I must try my best and I must start loving people more. And that is also focused on performance. No, mm-hmm. It's focused on yourself. All right? <coughs> but what the scripture is actually saying is that if you don't uh, know God, you won't love. Eh? That's, that's all that it's saying. If you don't know God, you won't love. But a question comes up, does this mean that an unbeliever cannot truly love? Does this mean that an unbeliever cannot truly love? Because what he's saying there with know is, to know God is to be born again. Amen. We'll look at that now. But the question for me came up then, well, an unbeliever doesn't know God. Are, you, are we all on the same page? Yeah, so, how, yeah. can, how can he love? How can doesn't mean an unbeliever cannot show love. Someone that doesn't believe in Jesus, how can they show love? Can an unbeliever do good things like take care of people in need, go to great effort to bring aid to people in war-torn countries or countries where there was disasters? Um, can an unbeliever, unbelieving parent, risk, his or her, life for their children or for a friend? Um, And the answer is yes, they can. Unbelievers can also love, no? Unbelievers can also love. Alright. And there are unbelievers that do great works of charity. Have you ever heard of um, the Red Cross? I'm not sure if that's a Christian organization, but I'm sure that not all of the members are saved, amen? and they do great things for God or they do great things for people let me say that they do great things for people and they do amazing things they send helicopters to other countries and they give food to people some people would say that that is love Amen alright so yes they can and um, just hold on to that thought so, there are different words in the Greek language to describe different kinds of love. I'm not going to name them because I find it a bit confusing. It's a bit confusing and you never remember them anyway, no? Philip would probably be able to tell me a bunch of Greek words for love. But let's just focus on what the scripture tells us here about love, okay? I don't think looking at those words and the kind of love that they describe is going to be so beneficial to us. Let's just look at the scripture here. So here's a question. If God is love, how can I have that love? If God is love, how can I have that love? Does anyone have an answer? I think the speaker is crackling a bit here. If, if God is love how can I have that love okay so the answer is by having God amen mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: receiving God. yeah receiving God being one with him okay so that is the only way you can have his kind of love is by having him all right that makes sense Amen. Yes, amen. how do I have God how do I receive God becoming born again. It's by knowing him. How do I know him? By faith in Jesus. Alright, being born again. So that means that only a born-again Christian has the capacity to love like God loves. Think about that. That's a big statement. Only a born-again Christian can love like God loves. Why do I say that? Because only a believer as God on the inside of them, and God is love. God is love, love is then on the inside of you, if you are a born-again believer. If you said, yes, Jesus, I trust in you, that your sacrifice on the cross was enough for me, that means you are born again. God puts His Spirit on the inside of you, and He, His love is then on the inside, so only a Christian Only a believer has the source of love living on the inside of them. Romans 5 verse 5. Romans 5 verse 5. (coughs) Romans 5 verse 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Listen to that. The Holy Spirit fills our hearts with His love. So His love is in us. It is available to us. But we, uh, but, but that love is not going to force its way out of us. Okay. That love... In our spirits will only grow and flow out if we allow that to happen. All right. An expression of pure, undiluted love. Do you know what undiluted means? That's a big word. So you get these little bottles of cool drink, eh? It's concentrated. It's, it's very sweet if you drink it just like that. So if you take that bottle of cool drink, you add it to a glass of of a glass. Just a little bit, that's concentrated. No? When you add water to it, you dilute it. It means you mix it with water, you make it weaker. No? You make it weaker. So that's what I'm saying. An expression of pure undiluted, like the concentrated love. No? Concentrate without anything, anything added, no water added. Pure undiluted love can then come only from the true source of love, which is God. Amen. Verse 8 says that God is love. John is saying that love is the essence, the very character of God. You get that? John is saying that love is the essence, the core of who God is, is love. His very character is love. That is where all love flows from. And the Holy Spirit that lives in only the believer, not an unbeliever. Because we know that an unbeliever does not have the Holy Spirit. Fills our hearts with God's love. So, the difference between a believer and an unbeliever is the reason for their love. Belie- unbelievers can do great acts of charity, great acts of what we might call, oh wow, look at how loving they are. But there's a difference between an unbeliever and a believer. The believer has the source of love on the inside, and the unbeliever does not. Amen? Amen. Alright, so Luke 11, Luke 11 verse 11, Jesus is speaking to his followers, Luke 11 verse 11. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. Verse 13. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So here it is clear that even, e- even evil people can give good gifts
0: yeah. to others. No?
1: I'm not saying that an unbeliever cannot love, but the source of that love is different. I can dress myself up like a dog, I can start walking on on, all my, on my knees and on my hands, I can bark, I can chase a cat, but does that make me a dog? No. Doesn't make me a dog man. Yeah? Because my nature is human, it's not dog. In the same way an unbeliever can do good and loving things, but does that make him a good person?
0: No.
1: No. no. Doesn't make him a good person. Because the next day he can do something bad, and then what are we going to say about him? That he's a bad person, no? Eh? So it's not about what he does, it's about what's on the inside, no? Eh? It's not inside, or not. No, it is inside, it's not on top. <laughs> anyway, sorry for that joke. But anyway, I just thought of that. Um, and now I lost my place. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So only faith in the gospel can save you and make you a Christian. We all agree on that, no? Yes. Amen. Only faith in the gospel, in what Jesus did for us, can make you a good person, because that means that God lives on the inside of you. All right.
0: All right.
1: If you're an unbeliever hearing this, that you are incapable of true undiluted pure love you have a choice to either take offence no and call me prideful or you can humble yourself and acknowledge that like just like I do that my human my human love my trying isn't isn't enough no my human love isn't pure there is other there's other motives behind our actions of love sometimes no? Yes. I want something, so now I do this for you. Yeah. Yeah. No? That is, that is okay. what we call adding the water. Yes. No? Adding the water to the concentrate. It's okay. other motives, other desires that mixes with, with love. And that is not God's love. No? Yes. Alright. Here's the truth. The love of God is freely available to all men. No? There is nothing unfair about it, it is absolutely free and you can have it just by believing the truth. That's awesome.
0: Amen.
1: That's awesome. There is nothing unfair about a Christian, a Jew born again Christian having God and love inside and an unbeliever not having Him because God made it available to everyone. Amen. Amen. The next verse makes it clear, verse 10. It's now way back in, in 1 John uh, 4, verse 10. 1 John 4, verse 10. It says, This is real love, not that we love God. Before we continue continue reading what it is, just just that statement made me think. It says, This is real love, not that we love God. Not that we love God. No. no human being, Can love like God from ourselves. So love isn't about us. Love, love, it's not about our performance. 1 John 4 verse 9 says, God showed and manifested, that's a different word for showed, I think the King James uses the word manifested, how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10 says, This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Okay, so here we have the biblical definition of true, pure God love. And what is that? <laughs>
0: Say again. Giving unselfishly,
1: laying down. Yeah. But God loves us first, Mm. then we can love others.
0: Absolutely. It's also a sign of humility. Mm. We have no credit for anything, not even choosing. He chose us.
1: That's amazing. Mm. So, the definition of God's kind of love is God Himself. (laughs) Yes. He gives a definition. Like Philip and Rita said, it is giving of. The self. Laying down yourself for someone else. Alright. The first thing that I notice is that there can be no doubt that God loves us. Sometimes we go by our feelings and we look at our circumstances and we get discouraged.
0: Has
1: anyone ever been there? I've been there.
0: I look at how I feel.
1: I don't feel like God loves me. If I look at my circumstances, why does this bad thing happen? Why does that bad thing happen? And I feel God doesn't love me. And I want to go sit and cry in a corner thinking God doesn't love me. But our comfort level in life does not indicate how much God loves us. I would listen to that. Our comfort level in life does not indicate how much God loves us. How much money we have in the bank does not indicate how much God loves us. Where we live does not indicate how much God loves us. Okay. God has manifested His love. To manifest means to make visible or known what has been hidden or unknown. God already gave us undeniable proof for us that He loves us. No? Those other things that I just mentioned. They are not indications of how much He loves us. Here is the proof. John 3 verse 16. John 3 verse 16 and I love how he says it for this for this is how God loved the world he's saying look here guys this is it this is the proof this is how God loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life amen he said it so yes. easily, but it's really yeah. amazing. It is truly amazing. now. Yeah. This is how God loves the world. The life, the sacrifice, the resurrection, and the living, ach, the giving of His Spirit. That is the indication of how, how much God loves you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. What took place on this earth 2000 plus years ago on a cross outside of Jerusalem is the eternal proof. Eternal means never-ending. It will always stand. The eternal proof that God loves you. Nothing else.
0: Amen.
1: Nothing else. Alright? Um, and that is a fact and a truth that cannot be changed by anything. Not by our feelings or our circumstances or any lie of the devil. That fact cannot, stand, cannot uh, be denied. Another thing I noticed uh, was that this love gives or sacrifices and the receiver uh, gets the benefits. Mm. God gave. He took the initiative. I think we've spoken about this in Grace Life before. God takes the initiative. He he reaches out first. Mm. Um, This is very significant if you look at the condition that we were in. The condition that man was in. Let me read for you a few uh, examples of how lost we were. How lost we were. You can just write down the scripture references. You don't have to page there. Um, Colossians 1 verse 21. Colossians 1 verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. We were far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from God, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Ephesians 2 verse 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's where we were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Ephesians 4 verse 18, being darkened in their understanding, Excluded from the life of God Because of the ignorance that is in them Because of the hardness of their heart. We were all here guys All of us were here. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Our understanding was darkened. We were excluded from the life of God. We were ignorant We were hard of heart Genesis 6 verse 5 Then the Lord saw Genesis 6 verse 5 Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And that every intent, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Continually. So, in our lost state, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Sure, that's lost, eh? One, uh, 1 John 5 verse 19, 1 John five nineteen. we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, that's where we were, no? praise Jesus we're not there anymore, but the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, that's the devil. Romans 5 verse 12 says, Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as though one man, uh, through one man, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Sure. That is the condition of humanity without God. That is the condition of man and woman without God. Yeah. God gave us everything. He gave us His life while we were utterly, completely lost, dead in sin, wicked, understanding nothing, mm-hmm. under the power and the control of the, of the enemy, while we were His enemies, while we hated Him, while we were hard of heart. There was absolutely nothing good in man. <coughs> Think about that, guys. When we were like that, completely lost, He came and he gave, he gave us His everything. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to create a little scenario, a little scene in your mind. As I read, imagine, imagine yourself in this situation, okay? So you walk to the shop uh, with your one and only baby boy or girl or if you're a young person your little brother or sister Um, you walk to the shop to get to the shop you have to walk through a field the field is full of, of flowers and butterflies and bees all kinds of interesting things. Your child points to the flowers and the butterflies, and you are having a very nice walk. Just a great time together eh? now. Just as you are about to exit the field and cross the road, you walk past a bush and a man jumps out from behind it. He grabs your child or your little brother or sister, and he threatens with a knife. You give the man your cell phone and your wallet and all the money you have. And you beg him not to hurt your child, or your friend, or your, your little brother or sister. He takes everything you have, he stabs your child, and he, he turns to run away. That's a terrible scene, I know, and I'm sorry <laughs> for having you imagine that. But just think about that. As your precious, innocent little child is about to die in your arms, you see a big truck coming and you realize that this man will be run over by this truck if you don't risk your own life by pushing him out of the way possibly to get run over yourself. What do you do? What do you do in that situation? And if I have to be honest, I must say I would just be quiet and let the truck drive, make him flat like a pancake. You know, flat. Imagine yourself in that situation. You, you, just, you sitting here with your only child. You just lost him. And you have the opportunity to either save someone else or let it not be saved. Let him not be saved. Giving your own life. Mm-hmm. That's just
0: super. nice yeah.
1: It is, it is absolutely supernatural to do that. I don't think any human being would be able to do that in that situation. No? But let me tell you what Jesus did. Romans 5 verse 6. Romans 5 verse 6. Because the truth is, in that story, we are actually the bad guy. We were actually the bad guy. You can look at it from both sides. Romans 5 verse 6 says, When we were utterly helpless, just like that bad guy, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now... Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Not willing, not be willing, not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps, perhaps maybe, (coughs) be willing to die for a person who is especially good, very good. But God showed His great love for us and put your name there, for you. God showed His great love for you by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, We will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship. That's beautiful. We can rejoice and be joyful and be glad in our wonderful new relationship with God. Because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. What do you think Jesus would have done in that situation? He would have saved the man, no? he would have shoved that guy out of the way, and he would have died in his place. A man, in his, in his natural love, cannot do that. Jesus knew that his blood would have to be shed for, uh, for us to be saved. He knew the great suffering and agony he would have to go through. Think about this, he knew about it. No? Jesus knew, he knows everything, he is God. No? He can see the future, and He can see the past, see the present. Jesus knew what suffering and agony He would have to go through on the cross, and before the cross. And just in His life, all the persecution. eh? He knew that He would have to suffer and die on a cross in order for us to be saved. And still, He chose to do it. Think about that. He still chose to go ahead with it. And that is what I call great, great love. Truly. Only God can love like that. Imagine dying, giving your very life for someone who hates you. Who kills your one and only son. That kind of love cannot come from man. It can only come from God. Let's go back to 1 John 4. 1 John 4 verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And His love is brought to full expression in us. So John, John starts by pointing to God's love. And first pointing to God's love. And then he urges the believer to love others in these verses we just read. He shows us how much God values people and then He helps us realize that we too should value people. No? We need to start valuing what God loves, and that is people. Alright? All
0: right. <laughs>
1: he loves every single human being out there. Every single human being. Even the man waiting for death. Even the man who just killed a child, even the man, think about the worst thing you can think of. Even that person, the gangster on the street, every single person, Jesus died for them. And then it is so easy for us to just dismiss them. What he is saying here is that as believers we are capable of loving others because it is him loving them through us. Him loving us is half of the the circle. Imagine a circle. eh? When we love others, or rather allow him to love others through us, his love is fully expressed, it says in verse 12. It says, no one has ever seen God but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. So no one has seen God, but when we love others, when we love other people, allow we receive first God's love, that's half of the story. The moment we go over into being obedient, and loving other people, and allowing Him to love others through us, it's full circle. And it says... His love is brought to full expression in us. Alright. We must not let it stop with us. It's great. It's really great to be here this morning and to hear how much God loves us. And it feels so good. And it makes you nice and emotional like it does for me. Because it's amazing to think that when I was God's enemy, He loved me. And He gave His life. He gave His life for me. But if it stops there, then it's not a full expression of God's love. It becomes a full expression of God's love. And people see His love. People see God when we allow Him to love others through us. Amen. 1 John 4 verse 13. 1 John 4 verse uh, 13. (coughs) And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. 14. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. That's awesome. If they didn't do that, if they didn't write that down for us to read today. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify, if it wasn't for their testimony, That the Father sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world, we would have never been here. Christianity would have probably never gotten started. Verse 15, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God, have God living in them, and they live in God. Verse 16, "We uh, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. <coughs> okay, so the word know has a double meaning. Alright? When we read through the entire 1 John 4, verse 7 to 20, we see that to know means we have come to know God in the sense that we have become one with Him, and He lives in us. Alright? That's what that what the whole uh, 1 John 4, verse 13 says. 7 to 20 is talking about it's it's knowing in the sense of being born again all right um, that is through his spirit living in us i like that as well verse 13 it says and god has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him Okay, this makes it clear that this is referring to being born again. Verse 15 says that all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. Doesn't that sound a lot like Romans 10 verse 9? Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. No? Verse 15 sounds a lot like that. It says in verse 15, All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. Mm. That's a confession. That's a confession of faith. Believe with the heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. It's as simple as that. We hear and believe the gospel. We become born again through the Spirit of God and love. Love itself. Is deposited into our very being. Our spirit has become one with the Spirit of God. That's a deep thought that we need to really meditate on. We are one with God. We are one with love itself. That knowing refers to the most intimate relationship between a husband and a wife in marriage. The word knowing in this, in this part of Scripture. Yeah. <coughs> The most intimate relationship between a husband and a wife in marriage. The two becoming one. The other knowing refers to our day-to-day relationship. It's also talking about that in the scripture. It's not just being born again, okay? It's also talking about the day-to-day relationship. Um, God's kind of love can only be expressed when we know Him. If we are not knowing Him, God kind of love is not flowing. Just like I said in the beginning, yes we have his love inside of us, but he's not going to force himself out. No. He's not going to take control of us and make us love other people. All right? It's through obedience, through relationship, day by day. No? If I got married to Anthea and we both stay in the same house, but we never speak to each other, how will we know each other? No? Okay, so that is what it's talking about here. It's only through day-to-day relationship that we learn God's love. We see every day a bit more, a bit more, a bit deeper, a bit deeper of how much He loves us. Okay. We have access to His love, but if we don't live in relationship with Him on a daily basis, that love is not going to force us to change. We need to allow it. 1 John 4, verse 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. That's exactly what I was talking about. As we live in God, day-to-day relationship, our love grows more perfect. Not, His love grows more perfect. Our love, the way He flows through us to other people, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the Day of Judgment. But we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. That's an awesome thought. We also need to meditate on that one. We live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us first. The marriage has taken place. Now we live together. Knowing that He never leaves us, we get to know our Heavenly Husband. Amen. Isn't that awesome?
0: Amen.
1: We have a Heavenly Husband.
0: Praise the Lord.
1: And that's the Lord Himself. Yes. The more we spend time with Him, the more we see His love for us. The more we see His love for us, the more we are transformed by it. Interestingly John brings up the concept of judgment. Judgment and punishment is what we fully deserve. Amen. We fully deserved all of the punishment, all of the judgment that was put on Jesus. But He took it for us. If it wasn't for God's love, we would have been goners. <laughs> I don't know how to otherwise put it. Um, flat like a pancake. Um, I knew someone once that was a believer, but she was always terrified of judgment. She was always terrified of being punished for her sins. Because of wrong teaching, she was terribly sin-focused. I was. This was the same for me in a, in, a, in a time of my life in the past. Very sin focused, very fearful. There were times that I maybe sinned, and then I would, I would be so afraid that I didn't think that if I were to die now, I'm surely going straight to hell. And I would say, God, please, and I, then I think I can make deals with God. I say, God, please, only just forgive me just one more time and I will never sin again. <laughs> How ignorant of me, eh? <laughs> yeah. And y- I was so afraid of being judged. So afraid of going to hell. But I didn't, ha- I didn't have the right understanding. It's I very didn't over there. know... Say again?
0: It's very hot over there. Yeah. Ooh, yes.
1: It's very hot in hell. <laughs> no, no one worry. wants to go there. Until I got the right understanding. Until yes. I learned that I am forgiven. <laughs> Not just forgiven for the sins that I that I confess But for the sins that I'm going to do the sins of my past all all sin has been taken care of Amen Amen. There's nothing wrong with being sorry for your sin, but don't let it stop there look to Jesus and acknowledge that you are forgiven already see is great unconditional. That means there is no conditions. There is no, if I do this, you do that. There's no, that's a condition. eh? No conditions. God doesn't expect anything from us. Just requires faith. We just need to believe it. (coughs) Um, Verse 17 in the King James Version says that because as He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Let's look at how how is Jesus. Ephesians 2 verse 6. We're almost finished guys. Almost finished. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And God raised us up. I think that's the theme of Easter in Grace Life. God raised us up with Christ. And seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That changed a lot. For me, when I started seeing myself like that. See yourself seated in Christ at the right hand of God. Sin is no problem for God. It's been wiped away. We have been made pure and holy. Colossians 3 verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. <coughs> you died. No, That's how we need to see ourselves. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. That's awesome. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is what we have become. That is so awesome. Amen. God is love, <coughs> God is love through and through, and this is what he has done for you. All we can say is thank you Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. That, is, that should be our number one response to his love. Just, thank you Jesus. Amen. He doesn't expect you to live for him. He doesn't expect you to perform or jump through or go to church or read your Bible. He doesn't expect anything. He just expects you to receive his love and to say thank you Jesus. All of those other things will come if you seek relationship with Him. Of course, you're going to come to church. Of course, you're going to go to life group. Of course, you're going to seek to live holy life. eh? Alright. (laughs) Alright. But it starts with just believing that God loves you. The Passion Translation in verse 19 says... Oh, did I read there? No, sorry. 1 John 4 verse 20. We are really almost done. I'm making good time. 1 John 4 verse 20 If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can't see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And He has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. You can change that around like we said in the beginning uh, to love your fellow believer it means you you receive God's love first let me just say that again those who love God must also love their fellow believers you love your fellow believer because you know that God loves you man God loved you first okay so the passion translation says in verse 19 our love for others is our grateful response, our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us, when we remain in that place of looking unto Jesus, beholding the Father's love for us, we will be changed. I like how He says that. We will be changed. If you if you look at His love, if you look at His love for you, you can know for certain that you will be changed. You don't have to try and change. You will change. And God and love will overflow. Amen.
0: We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you
1: can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.